Amen. Why don't you guys start having your seat? We got some special little business to do. So, uh, and before we get into the message, I want to make sure we do this real quick. Um, how many of you are fifth graders going into sixth grade? So this fall, you're going to be starting your sixth grade. Raise your hands if you're starting sixth grade. Okay, here's what I'd like you to do real quick. Uh, I'm going to invite Pastor Evelyn up here, who's our children's pastor, who you guys probably already know, those of you who are going into sixth grade. Uh, tonight is a special night, Excel. Because tonight is the night where we get to add some new family members to the group, where we get to add some young brothers and sisters into our group. And so I'm going to go ahead and invite, if you rose your hand, if you are a fifth grader going into sixth grade, would you join us up here real quick? We got some gifts for you. We want to celebrate you. Come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up. There you go. Hey, why don't you, hey, we had a little surprise for you. Why don't you show them your signs, guys? These guys made some signs for you real quick. Want to make sure you feel welcomed here. So let me get the stallion leaders. Uh, if you are stallion leader, would you come up here? So these are going to be your own leaders. Like you get your own leaders to watch over you, to annoy, uh, annoy her, ladies. If you have any issues, you go to Reina, you go to Kiana. Uh, you mess with those two, Papa. Like, if you got any issues, you go to them. But here's what we're going to do. We invited Pastor Evelyn because she has worked for a number of years with these guys. And so uh, we're going to ask her to pray and to speak a few words and kind of usher him in. And here's what I'm asking you guys. Uh, I want you to see their faces. And after service, would you do me a favor? Would you make sure you take a moment to say hello? You know, guys with the guys, ladies with the ladies. We don't have to overwhelm them. But let's just take a couple minutes and let them know, hey, you're welcome here. This is part of your family now because I don't know about y'all, but right now the fact that they came up tells me they got a lot of guts because I would have sat in my seat and stayed there. So the fact that these younger ones came up and were willing to stand in front of you guys, I want to make sure that they feel that love. So when we're done tonight, could you please take a few minutes and make sure you love on them? Is that cool? All right, so I'm going to hand this over to Pastor Evelyn. All right, guys. Well, I am very excited to be standing here with these um, young folks here. Man, I feel old. I really feel old in this room. Um, but, you know, as I was thinking, kind of thinking about this transition and thinking about um, all that God has in store for them now in this new phase of life, I kept thinking of um, Ephesians 3 and, and Paul's letter to the Ephesians where he's encouraging them um, to experience God's love in a whole new way that what God has waiting for you guys is bigger and stronger and more beautiful than you could have ever thought or imagined. And I am honored and blessed for the privilege to have planted some seeds in you guys and in them encompass kids. But now it's a whole new level. And so leaders, you know, I am, I am just so grateful to God for your hearts and the opportunity that you have to change their lives forever. Um, one of the biggest quotes that stands out in my life in kids' ministry is by D.L. Moody. He had, um, you know, it's this story that everyone always says. He had gone out into the streets and he was evangelizing. And he had been there all day and he came back and they're like, how did it go? And he said, well, he goes, it was pretty good. He goes, I saved two and a half souls. And they're like, oh, so you got two adults and a kid. And he goes, no. He goes, I got, I got two kids and one adult. 
He goes, an adult, you're saving but a part of a life for Jesus. But a child, it is a whole life. And my prayer is that your whole lives would just be anointed by the Lord. That you will come in and receive all that God has prepared for you. Um, and that you guys welcome them as a family. And, and to continue to grow and to continue to see the, the light of Jesus shine so bright from within these walls. So much so that we draw our community in. The community that is hurting. The community that is in need. They need the love of Jesus. And you guys are the perfect vessels to draw them to the Holy Spirit and to his house. So thank you guys. I love you guys. You're always welcome back at CK. Um, but Pastor Joy, it's an honor. It's a little harder for me. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for these precious lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you because at an early age, Lord, you have set them apart for you, dear Jesus. Lord, I pray that anointing over their lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you may grab hold of their hearts like never before, dear Jesus. Lord, that your presence may be with them, Lord, all the days of their lives. But, Lord, may you shake them to their core. Lord, may they know your love, Lord, and cling to you. Lord, I pray that their greatest desire be to seek after you, dear Jesus. Lord, I pray a blessing over every leader, Lord, every, every small group leader that will impact their lives. Lord, strengthen them. Pour into them, Lord, so that they may pour into these children all that you have to give, Lord. Build a community of love and a fellowship, dear Jesus. But, Lord, just continue to reign strong among them. Lord, we thank you even now for all that you will do in this future, Lord. Lord, we thank you for them. In your glorious name, amen. Awesome. All right, we got some, some gift bags for you guys real quick. We got some swag for you, so there's some, some T-shirts and some gifts in there and some other stuff. And so one more time, would you give it up for the new members of our family? Awesome. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, Pastor Evelyn, for, for crutching it out here. Uh, in case you didn't know, Pastor Evelyn, our children's pastor, happens to be my older sister and my Sunday school teacher when I was a little kid. Although she kicked me out of her classes, so uh, I, was, I, was, I, wasn't, I, I was bad. Um, hey, real quick, um, I want to just give a couple, in case you missed some of the announcements of things that we're going to be going down. Uh, tomorrow is our small group kickoff. Mm, mm. No, no. Y'all better bring better energy than that. Um, and listen, let me tell you something real quick, small groups. Um, we are going to start tracking points at the beginning of the year. And there are some special things that we're planning out and some special uh, perks that we're going to be given uh, uh, that's in, that, oh, you'll see. It's interesting. Uh, but we want you guys uh, to be a part of that. Uh, so make sure you are here tomorrow. Uh, get here at 6 so that we can get ready, get started, have everything getting to go. We got leaders that are coming here early, like in the beginning of the day, to set everything up. There's a lot of work that went into this, and so the best thing you can do to appreciate that is show up and maybe bring some friends. This is a great opportunity, uh, you know, where they can just have fun, relax, get to know some people, and not have any strings attached, and so we want to encourage you, make sure you're here tomorrow for the small group kickoff, and then on Sunday, say Sunday, Sunday, we have youth in action. Now, what that means is the youth takes over the service on Sunday. And so we got youth that are running the media, the sound, doing the ushering. I'm going to be speaking, uh, the worship. We're going to have all 
the youth represented. And here's, again, what we need is we want to have all of you join us. Let's sit together in the first few rows in the front middle section and even into the side if we don't have enough room. But I want us to represent big time. I want the church to see what we get to see every Thursday night. So we want to encourage you, come out this Sunday. And if that's not enough of a reason for you to come out, we are inviting all of you, all of Excel is invited to Cecilia and I's gender reveal. We will finally find out on Sunday whether we're having a boy or a girl. <laughs> hey, real quick, raise your hand if you are team girl. Raise your hand if you're team girl. Wow, y'all hating on my little girl already. I, see, no, I'm going to tell her. I'm like, baby, nobody wanted you, but Poppy wanted you. How many of you are team boy? Who's, who's looking for a boy? Man, it, it, it better be a boy. Did anybody know? To, what did you vote, Valley? I don't want you to see. What did you vote? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, we're fine. We're fine. Some, some, some leaders know, so I'm trying to figure it out from there. But uh, that party is from 4 to 6, and uh, we're going to be posting up the uh, instructions and letting you know where it's at. And, again, all of you are invited. Uh, this is something that we wanted to share with you. And just to let you know, we didn't even invite everybody else. We invited our immediate family and you. So it's just family at this thing. So it's my family, Cicely's family, and you guys. And so I hope you understand that we wanted this to be special for you as well because we want you to continue to be part of my family. Because guess what? Some of you might be my child's leader one day. Some of you might be my child's youth pastor one day or worship leader or just a member that's going to help be an example for my kid. And I want you to be there from day one, finding out with me that all of you wanted her to be a boy and she was a strong young lady. And so... Yeah, come on. Well, I got, you know, I got plenty of strong young ladies that will help with that. Um, and so we'll get to that. Uh, we're going to take off tonight on, on part two of our series. Does anybody remember what the name of our series this month is? Yeah, thank you, the people in the booth. Yes, Christianese. And so we're going to be talking about Christianese. Now, if you've never heard of that term, Christianese is like this vernacular, this, this vocabulary that's used in churches that is stuff that we understand, but a lot of people don't. And so uh, if you don't really understand what Christianese is, I got a little clip real quick. Let's see if we can play that to give you just a little bit of understanding of what Christianese sounds like. So see if we can play that clip, guys. <laughs> I want to talk about that word that they said at the end, uh, fellowship. Fellowship is a very Christianese word. It's a really fancy word that's used a lot that a lot of people don't really understand. But let me give you an easy definition. If you look up the dictionary, it's friendly association, especially with people who share one's interest, okay? Friendly association, especially with people who share an interest. Uh, when God talks about fellowship among believers, he's talking about us getting together because of the one common thing. See, here's the deal. There is a lot of things that separate us. There's different ages, different genders, different groups, different hairstyles, different clothing styles, different self-interests, different uh, paths of school that you want to go to, different careers. There's all these different things about us that are good and unique. And the thing that I love about the church, and when I mean the church, I don't mean the building, I mean you. The thing I love about it is all these different people from different backgrounds and different ethnicities and different everythings can come together because we share a very common interest, which is our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So there's so much that might separate us, but this is the very thing that through his blood genuinely unites us. And I have had so many amazing relationships with people that I would never have a relationship with if not for that one common denominator, our relationship in Christ. And so what God talks about in the Bible, and it's brought up in a bunch of different ways, is he puts a real big emphasis on fellowship. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 2, when it talks about the first church and the birth of the church, one of the things he says that made them work, the reason that church survived, is because they dedicated, dedicated themselves to prayer, to the word, which is what we talked about last week, right? Our devotional time. And then they say this, and to fellowship. They were dedicated to getting together. They were dedicated to being friends. And that's an important thing to understand because fellowship doesn't happen accidentally. There has to be a purposeful dedication of saying, listen, I'm trying to get together with other believers so that we can grow in our common interests. And that's why we have small groups. That's why as a ministry we've put everything around our small groups because it's in small groups that we are able to find fellowship. It's in small groups where we connect with people that we don't know, where we connect with people from different schools and different backgrounds but have the same common denominator, which is our fellowship with Christ. And so in small groups, this is where you find some lifelong friends, okay? Some of the groomsmen in my wedding were found in my small group. People that I turned to when I really need help were people that I met in my small group. I'm talking about 15, 20 years ago that are still a great part of my life because I got to be a part of a small group with them. You're going to find that you're going to have lifelong relationships, maybe spouses, probably not. But you're going to have lifelong at least relationships with people that you meet in your small groups. And so when we say, hey, we want you to come to small group kickoff, when we spend all this money buying all the things to do the kickoff, when leaders come five hours before you ever get here to set everything up for the kickoff, it's not because we don't have anything better to do. It's because we want to put a great emphasis on community. When your four leaders come to your Friday night small group every week, it's not because these 20-year-olds don't have something better to do on a Friday night. It's because they think the best thing they can do is fellowship with other believers and create an environment where there is fellowship, where there are young believers that are coming together and finding relationships with one another. I've been saying this often, and I said this uh, to our young adults. Think about those that are closest to you in your circle of friendship. Think about the ones that you would consider your closest friends. And now think about how close they are to God. If those that you keep closest to you are not close to God, neither are you. Because you surrounded yourself with people who don't have that common interest. You're fellowshipping, but not with believers. See, when we say fellowship in church, it's you, another person, and the key ingredient is God's in the middle of that. That's fellowship. The Bible tells us where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. So he's saying, listen, when you guys gather together and, and you have that commonality, that, that relationship with Christ, I'm with you right there. And so this is a big deal when it comes to your walk, when it comes to growing spiritually. Small groups helped me grow spiritually. It gave me a place to ask questions. It gave me lifelong friends. But more than anything, small groups is where I found community, where I was able to fellowship. I found a place to belong. I found a place where I could gain encouragement and motivation. And I definitely wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't part of a small group. For you, these small groups or compass groups as we call them, 
do the same thing. They provide a space for you to gain a relationship with people who have been where you've been and are going where you want to go. It's a place where you find an extended family and where you voice, your voice is heard and appreciated. I always say this. Thursday night, you listen to me. Friday night, we want to listen to you. Thursday night, you listen to me. But Friday night, we want to hear from you. Friday night is where you get to talk and where you get to say, you know what? I don't know if I really understood what Pedro was saying yesterday. I have this question. Hey, this might sound like a dumb question, but how do, how, how do you know Jesus is the son of God? Or, or here's an interesting question. Why does the Bible say this about women? Or why does the Bible say this about alcohol? Or, and, and these are those special places where you can sit down freely and ask these questions and build these relationships and challenge each other. This is so important that the author of Hebrews had to remind the people about it. Listen, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. I'm going to read it in the ESV translation. But listen to what the Bible says. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Now, that's the key phrase, right? Not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, let me be honest with you, right? Can we be fully transparent here tonight? You guys all right with me being real? Yeah? Because it's mean sometimes, but I'm going to be real. We start small groups packed out. So many kids come to small groups the first night, second night, third night. Then you start giving it a few weeks, and there are some small group nights where it's two kids a kid, we had a couple times before in the past where no kids showed up. And again, I'm going to tell you what your leaders will never say. There is nothing more discouraging for a small group leader than spending all week and all month planning something, buying things out of their own pocket, showing up, and no one's there. I mean, that's worse than being left on red. That's worse than, than being ignored. I mean, dude, I did all this and nobody came. That's like you invited everybody to your birthday party and you sitting there with a cake by yourself. Like, I'm going to burn the school down. Like, that's the feeling you got. Okay? And so here's what I'm saying. When we start this, don't get into the habit of not gathering together as some do. Don't allow yourself to be one of those people who takes one night off and is like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. Because how many know one night easily becomes two nights? Easily becomes three nights. Easily becomes, man, I haven't gone all semester. Easily becomes, man, I can't go back because I haven't gone in a while. And people are going to look at me funny. And no one ever looks at you funny. That's always in your head. Like, no, it's been a while. I'm going to show up. And people are going to judge me. No, they're not. People are going to go, oh, what's up, man? We missed you. Where you been? That's about the extent of how it goes. Nobody's going to stop you at the door like, wait, you're not allowed in this church. You've been gone for four months. Dude, we don't care. <laughs> it's like, dude, I love you. Good to see you. Glad you're back. Hope you stay. So we want to make sure that as you come together, you understand it's not just about this idea of fellowship, but it's the dedication to it. And so this is why the author of Hebrews lays a few things out. And if you're taking notes, number one is this. When we fellowship, we're able to stir up one another. In other words, we motivate each other. There's motivation when we gather together. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes you just don't feel like doing what's good. Right? Sometimes you don't feel like going to church. 
And there's so, man, there's so many of you, you've had those days, right? We're like, man, I'm not going to go. And somebody hits you up, come on, you got to go. I, like, I don't even feel like it. I got all this homework, like you care about school, right? I got all these things happening. I got this, I got, come on, bro, I'll pick you up. I got you. And, and, and there's all these people that are forcing. I was just talking with a young man uh, last night, a young adult who started coming to our church. And we're asking him about, you know, how he came to know the Lord and, you know, what was it like the first day he got saved. And he mentioned something interesting in his story. He said uh, they were having this special service, and I got invited to that youth group. And that day I was tired. There was all these things going on, and my body was aching uh, because he was in, uh, in, in dance. And so he had all these things. And he's like, man, I'm just not going to go. And so his friend called him up, and she's like, come on, are you ready? I'm, I'm going to pick you up later. He's like, no, I'm not going to go. And they're arguing back and forth. And he actually hung up on her. It's like, I'm not going. And he said right after that, all that pain that he was feeling had suddenly gone away. And he was like, man, I should probably go <laughs> because his friend kept nagging him. So he calls up his friend. He said, you know what? I think I'm going to go. And she was like, good, because I'm outside getting the car. <laughs> now, could you imagine one day of laziness might have cost him his eternity because that was the night he knew the Lord for the first time? That was the night he said yes. Could you imagine what would happen if you weren't willing to nag your friend? Because we nag him for everything else, don't we? We motivate our friends for the dumbest things. Yo, I bet you won't eat that. Bet you won't eat that. Bro, bet you won't. Bro, you won't eat that. Bro, you won't. Bet you, oh, my God, you ate it. Right? How dumb are we? Like, oh, my God, you're so gross. I didn't think you'd eat it. Oh, my gosh. We motivate people for the dumbest stuff. Bro, I bet you won't do that. I bet you won't say that to her. I bet you won't say that to the teacher. Bro, you should say it. No, no, don't say it. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do it, bro. Don't do it. Right? We motivate people. To do dumb things. I was the, the king of it. I love to see if I can convince you to do something stupid. Because I wasn't the one doing it. You were. I just got to laugh at it. <clears throat> so we're great at trying to convince people to do stuff. Here's what I'm saying. When we fellowship, when we come together, part of coming together is encouraging each other. It's saying, man, have you been doing your devos? Man, it's been like months since I even opened my Bible. Man, you know what? Me too, but I'm trying right now. So how about you and I, we get on the same reading plan. You know, version has this, like, reading plan that we can both get on. We can hold each other accountable. And, uh, and I'm going to call you tomorrow, see if you did it, and then you call me and see if I did it. That's stirring each other up. That's motivation. But you know what? Your friends who don't believe in God, they're not going to do that to you. They're not going to be like, hey, bro, aren't you going to church tomorrow? You should go to church. <laughs> they're not going to say that. They went, hey, you're going to church tomorrow? I don't know, I'm kind of tired. Oh, let's go to the movies then. Right? They're going to try to get you to do things opposite. Why? Because they don't have that shared vision. They don't have that shared goal with you. And so you want to find people that are going to hold you accountable to the things that God is calling you to do. All right? Listen, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 says, brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. How many people know someone who's lazy? The people who didn't raise their hand, those are the people that are too lazy to raise their hand. Encourage those. Encourage those who are timid. Any shy people here? Look at all those hands that weren't raised. Those are the shy people. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. Listen, when we're coming together, we got to encourage the lazy ones. And sometimes it's us. Sometimes we're, the, bro, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm the lazy one. Y'all, I ain't even going to lie. There are days, you know how like when it's like rainy and, and your body and your bed is like, stay. And you're like, well, I got to go to school, stay. 
Especially in the summertime, right? Because you ain't done nothing all day. You ain't even showered. You haven't done anything. You still in your crusty underwear, just sitting on the couch, watching TV, and the clock's getting down, and your mom's like, you going to go to youth group? And then the devil on the couch is like, stay. They got that new show on Netflix, stay. You don't even want to shower, stay. You ain't never gotten lazier until it comes to things of God. Because everything else we do. So sometimes all it takes is that call from one of your friends that you got in your small group or in this church. Who says, bro, you coming tonight? Ah, I don't know. Dude, stop being lazy. I got you. Sometimes that's all it takes. And you find that here. There are some that are just timid. Let's be honest. Not everybody's excited to get in a room of 100 people. There are some people who are like, dude, this is freaking me out. I'm overwhelmed. There's too many people. I read a post today. That talked about how timid people find relationships. It's like how a timid person finds relationships. An extrovert finds them and adopts them. That's basically how I got my wife. <laughs> there are some people that you're so shy that coming to youth group freaks you out. Coming to small groups freak you out. But here's the deal. Part of why we have small groups is because the crowd might freak you out. But maybe just five or seven people is easier for you to get to know. So maybe this is hard to find a relationship in. Maybe in this room, it's hard to get to know somebody. But in small groups, when it's just 10 of you, and, you know, maybe five of them are other girls and five of them are other boys, you got a small net of people that you could start to get to know. And it's easier when you met two or three. I've told you guys this in the past, but in case anybody is shy, this was my secret in, in grammar school. I was really shy. I was at a new school. And you ever seen, like, when you get to school, there's these circles of people talking? And when you're new, it's kind of hard to just get in that circle, like awkwardly just get in that circle. So what I decided to do was I came to school early, like buck crack of dawn early. Like ain't nobody, like the mailman wasn't out, nobody was out. And I would sit on a bench by myself. It looks so lonely now that I think about it. I would sit on like the sun's rise and I'm just sitting on the bench. I would sit on a bench by myself. Now this was strategic, okay? I wasn't being lonely. This was strategic because Guess what? If I was the first person there, when the second person showed up, who they come and talk to? Me. I'm the only one there. So they came and talked to me or sat with me. Then the third person came and sat with us. And the fourth person came and hung out with us. And the fifth person came and hung out with us. And the 75th person came. And I'm in the middle of the circle like, hey, look at all my friends. Everybody loves me. Why? Because I was there first. Listen, maybe you just need to be the first one in a small group. Then the second one comes and, hey, what's up? My name is Joey. Can you be my friend, please? I don't even have to be that desperate. But this is where you start to listen. Maybe you're timid and you're like, no, I'm just kind of shy. Get over your shyness and be the first one. All right? Maybe you're weak. And by weak, I don't mean physically. Some of you probably are, but I'm not talking physically. But maybe some of you are spiritually weak. <laughs> some of you are like, man, I just started this whole church thing. Everybody knows God more than I do. Everybody knows about all these things. I don't know about these things. It's kind of awkward because I'm not spiritually strong. That's fine. Because guess what? If you go to the gym, you don't want me as a trainer, okay? You want a fit person as a trainer because you're new. And so maybe you're weak. Maybe you come in and, and you're not strong. But maybe you find a couple strong people in your group. I'm not saying they're he-man, but maybe they're just a little further along than you. And they can take you under the wing and say, well, here, let me show you how we do our devotional. Or here, let me show you what it means to worship. Or here, let me show you uh, what it means to go. Hey, this is what momentum is. We go every year. I'm going to help you sign up. All these things are things that we do to stir each other up. 
Hebrews says to stir each other up. Now remember, he says to love and good works, right? Not to eating weird things and acting stupid. To love and good works. Some of you people in your life who stir you up, they stir you up in the wrong direction. I remember the other day I was hanging out. And I like watching little kids now. They crack me up because I'm like, I'm going to have a little baby. I want to see how kids act. And it's so funny when you see these little kids. I saw this one kid one time. He goes to the other one. He's like, punch him in the butt. And I was like, he just made that little kid punch him in the butt. <laughs> and the little kid was like, bop, right in the butt. And I was like, dude. I mean, it was funny. I laughed because they're not my kids. But sometimes we'll stir each other up to do bad things. Be careful about those people, even in church. If you find somebody who tells you, that's ah, not that big a deal to miss a day or two. That's not that big a deal that you haven't prayed or read God. I don't do it either. You want to find people that are going to stir you up, that are going to have real fellowship with you. See, when you start doing things like that, that's when you start formulating the second thing, which is that's when you start creating community. If you're taking notes, the second thing is creating community. Listen, the word community means with unity. With unity. And so as we gather together in fellowship, we become united as one. Listen, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 through 47, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes mm, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, here's the deal. When we fellowship regularly, and here's a good tip, by the way. This fellowship's easy. Real fellowship happens when we're not at church. Real fellowship is when you hit up somebody from church and say, hey, Saturday I want to go check out that new Spider-Man movie. Let's go and hang out. Hey, you know what? I, I'm trying to read my Bible. Why don't we go hang out? We'll go to Starbucks together and we'll challenge each other. That's fellowship, right, because God is invited in the mix. But when you start having that kind of fellowship, you start forming what the Bible calls community, this idea of unity. And this is why this is important because it talks about the new people, right? If you look at the end, it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Saved. The only reason that those who were saved were able to be added to the church is because when they came to the church, they found a unified church. They found community. Every human being is desperate for community. Everybody. Gang members join gangs because they're desperate for community. People join political organizations because they're desperate for community. People join the KKK because they want to find community. People join extremist groups because they're looking for community. People join the Taliban because they're looking for community. People are desperate for community. And sometimes the reason they don't find the community here is because when they come here, they don't find unity. Y'all are in silos. Everybody just hangs out with their own two or three people. See, when you learn to kick that off and create a space that when a new kid from children's ministry comes in, they don't find a group of people that have nothing to do with them. They find a group of people that throw up signs and say, man, I love you. I can't wait to see you. Hey, listen, you are part of our family now, so we look out for you. Hey, you're a part of this group now, and so we're going to take care of you, especially the younger ones. Because I don't know about y'all, but in my group, the youngest one, we all took care of. We also always teased them, but we never let anybody else mess with them because that's our youngin', Right? I don't know if it's the same way in high school nowadays, but the youngest one in the group, the little baby of the group, everybody looked out for that one. 
And you didn't let nobody mess with them. Listen, some of you lions that are going into your senior year, you need to be taking that approach when it comes to the rest of the ministry. You need to be taking on that leadership before you graduate and try to go through bridge. You need to understand that as a lion, I am called to lead this group. And now I have to take everybody else under my wing and set an example of what it means to live like God. When we have community, when people come in and realize that everybody likes each other, even though everybody's different, they say, maybe they'll like me too. When they walk in the room and see all these different backgrounds, different people, different, you know, when you see the, the jock and, and the genius hanging out, they're like, dude, that's a group I can be a part of. And when we have that, then naturally we form the third thing, which is we're able to encourage one another. Remember it says that they gathered together, right, and they encouraged one another. Think about it like this, this idea of being together. Imagine a bonfire. The more wood that's added, the brighter the fire. But if you were to take one log out of that fire and put it by itself on the side, how quickly does that one log die out? How quickly does that fire snuff out? Okay? But the rest of the ones will keep going. When we isolate ourselves, it's easy to spiritually die. It's easy for your spiritual fire to wear out. It's easy to get into depressing funks. It's easy to believe that no one likes you. It's easy to be discouraged when you isolate yourself, when you close yourself off from community, from fellowship, when you close yourself off from other believers. I can almost always tell one of the easiest signs of someone walking away from God, of someone beginning to backslide, of someone losing their faith, is they start to isolate themselves from other believers. When you start to notice that one person doesn't want to hang out with any other Christians, that one person doesn't want to come to Excel anymore, doesn't want to come to small groups, when they start pulling away, that's their way of trying to break up with Jesus by breaking up with you first. It starts with you because if you're doing what God called us to do and you're holding them accountable and you're being a reminder and you're trying to motivate them, they don't want to hear that, so they cut you off first before they inevitably cut off the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10 through 11 says, He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Listen, Christ died so that we could be together, not so that we could be separated. You guys have to learn to form relationships here in this room. And listen to me. I'm not saying everybody in here is a saint. Let me be honest with you. I'm not saying everybody in here is great. Okay? But you want to find people that have a relationship with the Lord so that you can have a relationship with them. Because here's what I found. In my life, I've discovered when people who don't have a relationship with God start to have a relationship with me, they start to put the pressure and the weight that should be put on the Lord's shoulders on mine. And they start coming to me for everything. They see a well-adjusted person. They start coming to me with all their issues. And at first, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I want to help you. But they start coming to me for all their source of everything. And I'm sitting there like, dude, I'm not Jesus. Okay? I mentioned to this uh, to LJ actually earlier. We were talking about it. I was like, oh, I'm going to use that tonight. And I talked about how, listen, uh, there's a difference between holding the ladder for somebody and being the ladder for somebody. Right? 
I can hold the ladder. I can be part of the support that helps you get where you want to go. But Jesus has to be the ladder. He's who you climb. He's who you're attached to. He's the one that gets you further. I'm just the support. I'm just here to make sure you don't fall off Jesus, right? I'm, I'm making sure you're steady on Jesus. But when you start to use me as a ladder, number one, you're not going to get very far because I ain't that tall, okay? And number two, it hurts me because the weight that should be put on the Lord is now put on my shoulders. And I can't carry that weight. And neither can you. So when you have friends that don't have the Lord as their support, don't have the Lord to bring them up, then they end up bringing you down because they start stepping on you. And they start leaning on you. And they start hoping in you. And you ain't Jesus. And you can't handle it. And here's the problem. In our good nature, we want to be there for them. Oh, but they're suicidal or, you know, they're, they're really having issues at home or they're depressed. Or, hey, listen, that's all good. But you're not Jesus. So all that's going to do is remind you how horribly incapable you are of really helping them. If you really love them, point them to the ladder. If you really love them, get them into fellowship with the Lord. This is why it's so important to have us because we do need to support, right? I don't want to climb a ladder by myself. That's scary. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but your knees start knocking and the ladder starts shaking. You get a little nervous, right? And when you get higher and higher, it's like, no, nah, I ain't trying to do this. But when you have somebody that holds the ladder, even if it's not doing anything, in your mind it's like, okay, but they're holding the ladder, so I'm good. <laughs> right? Just to make sure that they stabilize the walk that you're on. When we have fellowship, it's not one holding the ladder, it's a community that holds it together. That says, even if I fall off this ladder, I fall on some people. I don't fall on the floor. There's people there to catch me. This is why we have fellowship. Because we're all trying to climb the ladder. But I want to make sure if something happens, if I slip, if I mess up. See, the ladder's not going to break. The ladder's perfect. But if I slip, if I lose my grip, if I mess up and I fall, am I going to fall into the hands of a community that loves me? Am I going to fall into the hands of fellowship? Or am I going to hit the floor? Am I going to hurt myself? See, sometimes you're like, man, I don't need fellowship. Well, maybe we need you. Maybe you don't need us. Maybe we need you. Maybe we need you to be a part of this. Man, I don't feel like going to small groups. I don't need small groups. Maybe small groups need you. Maybe we need you to be there and hang out. Maybe we need you to be there and connect with us. Maybe we need you to be there and be a support system for us. Because guess what? It's not always about you. Sometimes it's about the man sitting next to you. Sometimes it's about the woman sitting next to you. Sometimes there's going to be seasons, if you haven't already gone through it, where this walk with Jesus gets hard and you're tempted to climb down the ladder and you're tempted to give up. And it's in those seasons, if you're lucky enough to be a part of fellowship with other believers, that a believer will come alongside you and say, hey, listen, I know it's tough. I've been there. But we're going to climb up this together. And we're going to get there. Man, I know it's been difficult. I know you're scared. I know you're shy. But I've, I've been where you've been. We're going to get there together. And guess what? There's going to come a season where I'm going to struggle. And because I help strengthen you now, you'll strengthen me then. And together, we'll help each other go to where the Lord is trying to get us. Does that make sense? So I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're at. We're going to close a little bit early tonight because uh, I want to end in a very specific way tonight. Tonight, uh, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. And then I'm going to ask you to split up into your small groups. Now, 
Uh, for some of you, this is going to be your first time in a new small group. And let me just explain what that means. Uh, beginning tomorrow, or at least beginning tonight, everybody's going to move a grade up. Now, for some of you, that doesn't mean nothing. So let's say uh, you're an eagle, right, and you were a eighth grader last year, and this year you're going into your freshman year, you're still an eagle. But if you were a freshman last year and you're going into your sophomore year, now you're going into the bulls. If you were a junior last year and you're going into your senior year, you're going to be a lion. If you were an eighth grader or seventh grader last year and you're going into eighth grade, you're going to be an eagle. All right? Does that make sense for everybody? So let me just clarify one more time. Sixth and seventh graders this year, if you're a sixth and seventh grader this year, you are going to be a stallion. So let me introduce the stallion leaders real quick. Uh, so we got Edwin up here. Edwin, why don't you come up? Over here. We got Primo. We got Kiana. And uh, new to this group, we got Raina. Is Raina here? We got Raina new. All right, so that's sixth and seventh graders. And then Eagles, we got Lizzie. Lizzie, why don't you come up? We got Priscilla. Is Priscilla here tonight? Yeah, Priscilla's here. We got Gio in the house. And new this year, we got Jacob. Jacob in the house. Awesome power squad. And then for the Bulls, we got the ever-present Jonathan. Captain America himself. We got Joe Nathan in the house. We got Abigail. Where's Abigail? <laughs> Abigail's in the house. We got the one that Abigail can't live without, Cat herself. Where's Cat at? And then uh, new to, where are they? I didn't see if there's, oh, they're not here. All right, well, you'll find out tomorrow. And then for the line. You'll find out next week. New to this group is Jonathan Palomo. He's on vacation right now, but he's going to be in the Bulls group. Why don't you slide over? And then uh, last but not least for the Lions, we got Sal. Sal's in the house. We got Emily back. We got Emily for round two. And then new to the Lions, we got Julia. It's Julia, come over. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Leaders, uh, I want you to stay up here. Students, I want you in a moment, um, we're going to pray over our leaders uh, just by where you're at. We're going to extend hands. And then when we're done praying, um, we're going to pray for the whole group. And then I'm going to have you guys break off. So uh, Stallions, you can go in this back corner over here. Uh, Eagles, you can stay right here up front. Uh, Bulls, you can go in this corner over here. And then Lions, you can go in that back wall over there. Okay, so let, let's just do this. Guys, would you just extend your hand? These leaders are taking off every Friday this year to be with you. Even the Friday where we don't have small groups, they come to the church and they plan and they put money out. And we want to make sure that we begin to pray over them. So guys, would you just write where you're at? Would you just begin to pray in your own words? Would you just begin to tell the Lord what it means? Come on, just begin to lift up your voice. Would you begin to pray for them? Well, you don't have to whisper. You can pray. Like, pray out loud. Like, come on, come on, guys, pray. There it is. There it is. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you, God. I thank you for each and every one of these leaders, God, that you will just continue to use them, God, that you will just continue to pour out to them, Lord. I pray, God, that you will just give them the right words to speak to us, oh God. But at the same time, God, I pray that we'll just have that willing heart to receive everything that you want us to receive, God. I pray, Lord, that we'll just get out of our comfort zone this semester for you, God. And I pray that we'll just pursue you, God. That we'll just walk in every footstep that you want us to walk in, oh God. I pray, Lord, that we won't neglect your calling, God. But we'll just step in every footstep you want us to take, God. I pray against any fear, oh God, or nervousness, God. That you will just take those emotions away, oh God. That you will just satisfy those emotions for us, God. I pray, Lord, that you you will just help build this ministry, oh God, that you will just help build us up, God, that we'll just be, we'll just have confidence in you, God, that you're going to do what you have called us to do, God, that you're going to do amazing things in us, God. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will just use them, God, even at the times where they feel down and they feel like they can't be used, oh God, or feel disencouraged, God, I pray, Lord, that you will just fill each and every one of us up, oh God, that you will just build us up, oh God, that you will just help rise us, oh God, help rise small groups, oh God, help rise excel oh god and i pray that together lord that we'll just reach out to those people that don't even know you god that don't even have a relationship with you god that you will just use us to reach out to the lost oh god that we'll just um get out of our comfort zone for you lord jesus god i thank you god i thank you for what you're going to do this semester god lord i pray this all in your name amen heavenly father i just pray right now for every student in this room god lord i pray that we would put an emphasis on fellowship Lord, I pray that just like the early church, we would be dedicated to getting together with other believers. God, I thank you for the friendships that we already have. But Lord, there are many of us in this room who need more godly relationships, who need more people who are willing to encourage us instead of put us down, who are willing to push us forward instead of ridiculing us. And so God, I pray, help us to have our circle of friends, the ones that are closest to us, be close to you, God. I pray that you would bring great relationships in. Lord, I pray that in small groups you would build up lifelong relationships, God. And Lord, I pray that your presence would be there. Help us, Father, to be dedicated to gathering, not forgetting to do it as some of us are in the habit of doing, but on a regular basis, coming together in your name to glorify you and grow closer to you. So we thank you for all of this, and we pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen.